Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash goo for your free audiobook download. Yeah, the show. It's Monday. We have a doc and everything. We do. God, Monday just happens every week. It's getting old. Monday's here again. <laughs> So with that wonderful idea, yes? I've never thought of Monday as an idea. Mm. That's new to me. Think about it. I mean, what is a day? You know, just kind of putting... What's in a day? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Philosophy Cast. <laughs> I don't really know if we've talked about anything yet. Is it because of the Wicknet Awards? <laughs> yeah. Is that why, Zach? Thank you, Micah. It's, it's, it's okay to be upstaged. By the Wicknet Awards, because the award on this week is Best Scene Stealer. The current poll that's up on winnerscoming.net refers to the Best Scene Stealer, Eric, as you so aptly transitioned into there. Uh, and the five choices are the following. Carrie Ingram as Shireen Baratheon. David Bradley as Walder Frey. Walder Frey. Dan Hildebrand win. as Krasnus. Paul Kay as Thoros of Mir, and Noah Taylor as Locke. Who I thought this? Terry O'Quinn played Locke. <laughs> Locke is I the guy I, who chops off Jamie's hand. I, that's true, uh, but I mean, I don't know. I hardly remembered him. I, I'm wondering now I voted. where... Um, who, who did you vote for? I actually... I saw a lot of the comments, and, and I agree. It's probably going to go to David Bradley as Walder Frey. Mm. But uh, I actually picked Paul Kay. I thought he was great as Thoros Amir. I thought it added a I lot agree. of comedy to the show. Uh, and it was a, it was a pretty dark season. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Thoros was great. I, Walter Frey's activity in the, during the Red Wedding, though. I mean, mm, that was so good. Not only was that episode just solid, but for some reason, the way that that entire sequence was cut, it just felt like a polished film to me. Whenever the, the wedding jokes were kind of happening and he was shrugging, I was like, that is like British TV comedy humor. It's really good, I thought. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to vote for him. I'm wondering where uh, well, Rick and Stark is on this list because he was the <laughs> top scene stealer for me. Shireen, I mean, just th thinking about a number of different scenes, ones with Stannis and then obviously the ones that she has with um, Davos. Um, mm -hmm. She really kind of takes over in those scenes and... Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier the, the the Locke character really doesn't have anything memorable. memorable, other than chopping off Jamie's hand. But in terms of really kind of stealing the scene, I would say the scene goes more to Jamie's hand. Jamie's hand, him, yeah, I was gonna say and him, his reaction than it does uh, for Locke. For Krasnus, I mean, you could give it more to Drogon, right? For burning the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yes. Yes, that's true. Krasnus at least was a multi-episode kind of arc, was like a big baddie. Like he was an obstacle for them to get around. So there is that. But I thought his translator was 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 more of a – I thought I Danny know. was more of the scene, scene stealer yeah, there yeah, when yeah. She, she speaks High Valyrian for the first mm. time. Well, I think now we're just getting into kind of owns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so going around again though, who, who would be your final vote uh, here? Little Miss Dragon Scales. Shereen Baratheon. Yeah, I agree with that. Walter Frey, I mean, however it can be interpreted, if he's on the list to vote for, he did some good things. I'm going to mm. give him a vote this time. He's going to win anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, but also I think that um, Locke, honestly, his entire monologue before the bit with Jamie leading him over, it was just he kind of went from a minor 
minor part to like really the way they ended the episode, like sticking in people's brains, I thought, because they ended that particular episode with him actually doing the slice. So it's like for a minute there, he, he had something going for him and then he kind of dissipated into nothingness. But, you know, for for a second, he stole something, including a hand. <laughs> now let's talk about somebody who's always a scene stealer. Ooh. Tyrion Lannister. Lancel Lannister. Sometimes on the show, we move forward with chapters. Not every time is it a chapter that was, in my opinion, so perfectly captured on the show. And we get to read the scene now, finally. And it was just as good, I thought. And, uh, you know, poor Lancel, he's not quite the Lannister that uh, everybody <laughs> wants him to be. He's not quite Jamie. Jamie. And Tyrion brings this up. Um, most of it's, you know, interior monologue. But uh, he has sandy hair, not quite the spun gold of Jamie. And <laughs> Tyrion, you know, and Lancel have this confrontation, which is basically the heart of this, this chapter here. Um, because Lancel is an envoy to, to come and, uh, tell Tyrion to release Grandmeister Pycelle. Imp. Imp. I come here to bring news from the queen, not to drink with you, imp. Have a drink anyway. Uh, 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 okay. I'll tell you you're sleeping with her. Oh, oh, okay. Give me two. Thank you. There was more to this chapter than that, of course. No, there really wasn't. <laughs> I mean, this was, this was a relatively short chapter, um, you know, in comparison to some of the others that we've read. And I just thought that, Lancel really underestimated Tyrion, especially by coming in, and Eric, you just mentioned Zach too, calling him an imp. I mean, it's just, mm. just such a sign of disrespect for somebody who is the hand of the king. And your cousin. I mean, come on. Family. Yeah. That's the Lannister's sort of fatal flaw, isn't it? That they always um, believe themselves to be so superior and so much prettier and richer and all of that than everyone else. That, and, some, and they are intelligent, but their arrogance, I think, brings them down. Like in situations like this. It's really interesting in this chapter how Tyrion deals with sort of the reality of the situation. Once once shit gets real, once he starts toying with Lancel, he also realizes that Lancel probably won't have long to live. He he turns Lancel into his servant, you know, essentially tells him, Go spy on my sister, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because Lancel thinks it would just be the end of the world. If people mm. knew what he was really doing to Cersei. After that, he realizes, well, if Jamie ever returns, <laughs> uh, Cersei's going to kill him, you know, before he finds out what she's been doing with Lancel, or Jamie will kill him once he finds out. And so Lancel's days are numbered and Tyrion manages to utilize Lancel for the remainder of his days as this, um, you know, eavesdropper, I guess, and, and essentially turns him exactly upside down. The situation where he was when he came in. It's so enjoyable to read these Tyrion chapters, I think. It's just really great that here's someone you really root for. And he's just, he's just, you know, every, he's just knocking them down. Like every chapter that he has. Mm -hmm. It's going, he's like the only character in the book right now that's actually, things are going well for him. They're going so well for him too. Yeah. He's yeah. got a nice, he's got a nice lady too, you know. But at the end of this chapter, when he's in bed and he just kind of, there's that, again, into your voiceover, he says... Ah, oh, I have this and this and this and this, and I love it. I love it all. I have all the power. I have a beautiful wife. I love this. Yes, and he's got his his replacement Taisha as well, which is um both sweet and also really sad. Do you think that Tyrion's fate or fortune is about to change? Is there any indication in the book that this is so? Because he just continuously, chapter after chapter, lays them down. He's creating spies. He owns Cersei so hard in the last chapter. Now he's taking her only or her lover away from her, essentially. You know, he got rid of Pycelle. Pycelle's not 
really coming back. You guys think his fortune's going to change? It's hard to say at this point. I, I just think that he is a very tactical character, and he knows how to play the game. And he even mm-hmm. notes it on his ride over to see Shay that Ned Stark and John Aaron could never have done this job because he's willing to play the game just as hard as Cersei is, if not better. And she's a big player in all of this. And I think the thing that Tyrion does is he never underestimates anybody. You know, looking just at Lancel, he he notes the fact that he was involved in Robert's death. So he has to be very careful here that this somehow doesn't come back to bite him in the ass. But at the same time, he plays off Joffrey against Lancel by saying, well, how would you like it to f- for him to find out that you helped kill his father and are now fucking his mother? You know, I mean, he just has such a way about this that mm-hmm. he's just so good. He's so good to read and it's so great to get inside of his mind and to just watch the wheels turn. Yeah, I mean, this this scene, like I was saying earlier, TV, in the TV show, I feel like there's such a comedic edge to the entire thing that I don't think it really, really sets in the dramatic weight of what is actually happening here. But when you read it in the book, just like Mike is saying, seeing the pacing of Tyrion's mind and understanding that Lancel is a person that was just knighted. This is Mm -hmm. his cousin. This is someone that is sleeping with his sister, the queen. And we're, we're, we're imagining this like feudalistic society and castles and and in real life here, Lancel goes into his chamber really, really deep into the night. Tyrion spins the entire thing around and literally has this guy ready to leave the castle immediately and begin his life as a homeless person and or become executed it was almost too easy it's true but then again like we know we know it has to go go downhill like we like you were saying eric i think that we're just sort of waiting for the moment when it changes because everything's gonna be crap well i mean i'm trying to remember season two like kind of if there are any downfalls prior to the actual better battle of Blackwater. i mm. think because he, he still he has all the ducks in a row here he, he's still working on the wildfire and making sure that that's all going to be available and stuff and and the chain is still happening so i don't know i i just think until that very very end i think he's going to have a great book on the whole and that's good i think that that's that's the hope isn't it and then we always find out later on that the characters that we've invested so much in you know stuff happens to them um mm-hmm. and you mentioned blackwater is a perfect example of that um uh, but I just, I just like reading how, you know, how much he actually puts into his decisions, you know, and even with Lancel, he tells him, you know, th- this commander, uh, Sir Jasselin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who Cersei wants to be either fired, essentially, or executed for disobeying a king's order. He says, well, how do I, how do I get around this? Well, I tell Lancel that he should tell Cersei that over time, we can win this guy over. We can get him over to our side. So then we're going to have somebody in our back pocket who's going to essentially be spying on Tyrion. And I just think mm-hmm. that 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 kind of mindset, the ability to play the game, I think that's a lot of what Varys sees in him and then why yeah. their relationship has become so much stronger over the course of, of this book in particular. And that's, that's really all I have for this chapter. I mean, I, it ends, you know, with him going off and, uh, having a good time celebrating what he had been able to accomplish just an hour or so earlier. Tyrion does, in fact, travel across the city this evening to a place we have been before. And honestly, I think it really turns this entire chapter into some kind of weird, trippy, montage movie. But before we go there, 
Micah and the rest of us have a little message for you all. That's right. Uh, it, we understand that people can't always read along uh, because, let's face it, these books, they're, they're pretty heavy, right? And, and An alternative to that. They do weigh a lot. Yeah. It's just like you listen to us. You can listen to the books. You can listen to A Clash of Kings as you uh, commute to and from work or go back and forth from school or even on a nice walk or run at the gym. And you can do so by going to audiblepodcast.com backslash goo for your free audiobook download. And uh, as mentioned earlier, what better book right now to choose to download than A Clash of Kings? This particular chapter is excellent in audiobook form because you get to hear Tyrion's sharp wit and then Lancel, it's immediately the conversation between Tyrion and then Lancel who's begging and begging to not have the, it's, it's, it's really quite good because it's only, it's the same narrator, uh, Roy right. Dotris. So, you know, I, I think this was a particularly fun chapter to listen to. That is how I'm making my way through Clash of Kings is primarily through the audiobook. And I have to say it's quite enjoyable and I want all of our listeners to have that opportunity as well. We thought this would be the perfect time to make a partnership with Audible. Why, you ask? Well, just like they said, head over to audiblepodcast.com slash goo. We thank Audible for their support. So back to the brothel. Let's talk about whores. Let's do it. I've been waiting for this all show. Who's your favorite whore? <laughs> I have to say that my favorite whore, Selena, would have to be the one that was trying to steal Tyrion's attention away from his actual plan. Dancy. Ah, yes. Dancy. It's Dancy. hard to remember Prancy. the names. Yeah. Her name is Dancy. They're so from, similar. They're Dancy like, for a whore. Santa's reindeer. Selena, my mm -hmm. favorite whore has got to be I la ya 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 I imagine screaming that. I la ya 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 ya. I don't imagine that. But this chapter was literally, like I was saying earlier, the transition is so interesting because he calls for Bronn and he's like, hey, Bronn, I need you to help me with something this evening. And he's like, who pissed in your soup? And he's like, I think it was Cersei because this this is some shit we need to figure out. So he fills Bronn in and Bronn's like, that's great. And that's cool. And then Tyrion's like, I need to go see Shay, essentially. So they travel and they go to the old meeting place, which we thought we were getting a little snippet from before chapters and chapters ago. That sort of thing happens here. I'm just seeing like purple lights and shawls moving all over the place. And like it's some women crazy all over the hair place. place. Mm -hmm. Braun goes upstairs with some Dornish gal and Tyrion makes his way to the fateful wardrobe. The imp and the whore and the wardrobe. You know, I, I don't know what the situation is. Maybe it's too remote of a place to keep Shay that uh, they just can't give her any bed covers or sheets. She doesn't like, like them. She kicks them off, I guess. She doesn't need no bed covers. She's all natural. I just think this entire plan, though, it goes to what was mentioned earlier about how tactical Tyrion is. I mean, he even notes about how he could never have used some of his men to guard right. Shay because mm. it would draw too much attention uh, as to why you know, Shaga or, you know, Timmit or any of these others uh, were out at, at this remote location. Uh, and he, he basically goes through this whole progression where he talks about how he had Varys find some of the ugliest motherfuckers around right, <laughs> to, yeah. to guard Shay so that there would never, ever be any chance of her, you know, getting on with them. Yeah, he's like, listen, I want you to find me literally the oldest, the strangest, the smelliest pieces of yeah. shit that you have, <laughs> and then hire those guys. It's a big city, though. It's funny because you can almost find everything you want. <laughs> see, this is where the sitcom should happen. You know, I really see this. Shay yeah. and her, like, misfit group of uh, of, of guards there. I, I love the, the moment where Tyrion's like, well, shit. He's like, I think I'm uglier than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she... And then, and then, and then he starts to... 
you've worried even more. And I, to me, it's just I almost feel a little sad because I know in the show we, we've we made comments about Shay being a little jealous and having a slight edge of jealousy to her. But I mean, here in the book, it's been flipped. We've mm, you know, we're yes. seeing yeah. just this guard situation with Tyrion. I think that's a little extreme. He hired ugly guards for her house, people. <laughs> <laughs> Shay is so different in the show and in the books. I mean, I think it's super interesting because I think I think it just shows that how how attached she is to Shay, and it's it's always comes back to Taisha, and it always has that edge of a bit sinister. You know, in theory, we should be really happy for Tyrion because he found love with this whore that apparently like loves him and everything, but it's just for all the wrong reasons. He even says, you know, he's loyal to her, he's nice, but it's you know, there's something a little bit creepy about the fact that she's basically his his new. Taisha or Tisha. Well, I I think what it is is he feels the reciprocity that Taisha. I, I don't know. It's weird that he goes back to a whore because he of course realizes that Taisha was all just Jamie's plan. But he says that in this chapter too. He's he's going along the the corridor and thinking about Taisha and how that was all false. But he really believes that what he's got with Shay here is real, and that's why he's making such effort to protect it. It's just a weird, weird dynamic to this chapter because you go from. You're really watching him be the hand of the king and making all these really important decisions to humanizing him in a way when you have all this conversation about Taisha and then obviously the very end of the chapter with Shay. I mean, just the chapter in general, the layers, I see that it's like work and then almost play. a night out-ish <laughs> yeah. thing. And then, I mean, I want to say play, but it, it it's much more emotional than that. Like this was our first real peek inside of Tyrion and know what his feelings are. And it goes as far as to say in his sort of interior monologue that he loves her. So all of our questions in the TV show, I mean, even though he has said it in the show, like we always kind of wondered where his feelings, where did they lie? Especially back during season two. But now, right now in the book, it's pretty clear that this is the decision he's made. He's chosen her versus those other things. Poor Dancy. She's going to lose a bet. Is that anyone's own? Yeah, no, my own is going to have to go to, uh, my own is going to have to go to Lancel. Um, his own, his own actions owned him. This is my way of getting around, uh, giving the own to Tyrion. I said I wouldn't do that. But, uh, no. why do something that you're going to end up regretting or is going to end up, uh, turning you into the spy of somebody else? <laughs> Poor Lancel. I do feel sorry for Lancel. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would, I would give mine to Cersei. I think she gets my own this week because even though Tyrion is, is weaving his little webs, you know, she she's doing pretty good for herself. She's making her way through the family tree. And I guess <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gosh. weird, but in some ways, you know, oh, she's, no. she's determined. Tyrion said, what does he say in the chapter? Yeah, that was going to be my lines own. of, um, oh, okay, well, you go ahead and say it then. Go Because for it. it fits. Thanks. Thanks for setting that up, Selena. <laughs> it does. <laughs> he says, well, no one can ever claim that my sister does not love her family. (laughs) (laughs) Man, people love this incest thing. This is why George included it. Who knew that incest would be such a popular topic? I think it's less incest, more just, you know, people are doing things they shouldn't do. Yeah, and it's like the characters that are doing it too, which I think is is just so interesting. It's so amusing in a terrible way. Well, I'm going to have to switch gears a little bit when I give my own here. My own will go to a Mr. George R.R. Martin Mm. for including what I think is the first officially official 
graphic sex scene in, in this book series so yes, far. Yes, I think that's the most graphic we've had so far. And considering that the, the that pretty much opened the show, I think that's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> we have had some like sex scenes before in the books, but not. I I think this is as graphic as we've gone. I mean, they've they've entered each other before. Yeah, they've visited <laughs> each other yes. before. Uh, but there's some visiting that happens, and it's uh, it's inside of the book, so you guys know where to find it. It goes to George. Very well. Let's just take it up another level. He's like, this is such a good Tyrion chapter. Let's end it on another level. Kind of how we uh, decide to end the show, actually. And we do that, of course, everybody knows by now, by reading your submitted owns via our social media. I like how you make it sound so official. It's like... Via social media. Yeah, via is a good old Latin word. I, I like to use it a lot. Our first tweet came from Susan Stacy, who says, Lancel is owned and toasted by Tyrion when he says, quote, There are no boars in the castle that I know of. Poor dear Lancel. <laughs> He's like, go ahead and drink. It's fine. There's no boars here. It'll be safe. You'll be fine. Hannah Gann says the own... Goes to Bronn when he asks Tyrion who pissed in your soup. Yes, Hannah! And another tweet from Amos Erika Kiana on Twitter, the person whose name Selena covets. She says, My own goes to Game of Owns for being so awesome and delivering three fantastic episodes weekly to my ears. Hashtag goo. Quite possibly the best hashtag on the internet. Goo? Yes, I agree. It's not strangely suggestive or vague at all. No, I'd like to see how other people are using the goo hashtag on Twitter. I will do that later. Um, and then Joshua Green let us know. He says, you guys should wish me happy birthday Monday since I turned 23. Best happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> happy ever. birthday. Happy birthday, Joshua Green. Twitter is just one of the ways that you can get in touch with us. Of course, you can also write on our wall. Or did we say scrawl on our wall? That's our new logo or slogan. Scrawl uh-huh. on our wall at facebook.com slash game of owns. We are patrolling the wall. We have sentries out. They will see when you do stuff, and it will get to us. And alternately, you can email us via our email address, contact at gameofowns.com. Sometimes we read out loud these things via the show. It is true. Another via. thing that we tend to read out loud via <laughs> – another thing that we tend to read out loud is our iTunes reviews. We do. And uh, if you would via like Micah. to let uh, – the rest of the world know what you think about the show. You can head on over to iTunes. It is the month of September, so nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Just follow along with what MP Lee did, who uh, says the hosts are entertaining and give great insights into everything, whether it be the book, the TV show, threats, or just general geekery. High fives all around. Geekery. So geekery. thank you, MP Lee. Uh, also you. got a review here from Danny's little sister. Didn't know she had one. So nice. But uh, she goes on to say, I just started to listen to your podcast and I really enjoy them. This helps me get by until the show comes back on next year. Thanks. I truly enjoy listening to all your points of view and opinions on these chapters. Great podcast. That's very nice. Thank you. And uh, finally here, just to wrap up uh, the reviews, one from Sky Arrow 19 who says, as a fan of both the books and the HBO series, I give full props to the Game of Owens cast for its insightful coverage of all things Game of Thrones. They cover the show soon after its air date, and in the off-season, they tackle the books chronologically in increments of one or two chapters at a time. One thing I find particularly amusing is that one of the cast has not yet read the books. 
What? And it's interesting. Who, I who think. is the imposter? Yes. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> uh, How are we revealed like that? How is that possible? That is awesome. Somebody hey, just Ginger. takes it as a given. Somebody just takes uh, it as a given that someone, that one of the two of us, Zach or I, are lying about having Well, you read. like to highlight the black boxes on whatever is coming. I do not that. highlight the black. That is old me. Old me. Old Listen, tired. last night, last night on the, on Warcraft, some people were trying to spoil in chat. I logged the fuck out. <sighs> Good yep. for you. Well done. Yeah. I like how, uh, Sky Arrow goes on to say, and it's interesting to hear his take on events as they unfold and his theories as to how they'll turn out, to which I usually just have to shake my head and snicker. Uh, all the way around a great <laughs> show with a dynamic cast and even the occasional guest. Thumbs up. So uh, we have some more iTunes reviews here that we will read later in the week. We really got a lot in um, over the last week or so. So we thank you guys for uh, for rating and reviewing the show. And like I said, uh, we'll read more later on in the week. Once again, people, we can't thank you enough for your kind and generous donations of your time for the ratings and reviews and comments and tweets and emails on our show. And as a way to give back this Wednesday, please join us for a very special episode featuring some very special friends. But for now, we say goodbye. I'm Zach Lewis. Adieu. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Logan. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Boom! Don't forget... <laughs> Footsteps. To I'm walk leave. away. <laughs> <laughs> Who's leaving? I'm good. I'm good. recording. How was New Orleans? New Orleans was nah. good. Yeah, it was good. And apparently they have uh brain eating 